0: And I believe that that's really why you're here Christ died for us History Makers Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking to Worship Pastor Rachel Brown How are you? I'm good, thank you Matt, how are you? Very good Rach, now I've heard you share your testimony A couple of times and I thought I've got to get this on the radio Uh, For those who don't know Your story, tell us a bit about your upbringing
1: Sure, sure, so I was actually, you could probably tell by my accent, I'm not Australian. I was born in the UK. I was actually born in Newcastle, um, brought up in Oxford for until I was about 10, and then we moved up to Scotland. Um, My family is in the oil industry, and we moved up to a place called Bankery, Um, which is up in um, the northeast of Scotland where they have a lot of oil rigs and stuff. So I I moved schools probably about eight times when I was younger until we got up there. And um, yeah, and then I I guess I've just lived, I lived there until I was 27. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm from. Um, But at 27, that's when our journey with God started and, we're now we've been in Australia for the last 12 years, yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, let's find out a bit of your faith journey. Tell us a bit about, uh, you know, did you have a religious upbringing?
1: Yeah, no, my family wasn't religious at all. My my grandma, she was a Methodist, or she is a Methodist, I should say, and um, my aunt she also is a Methodist. And the only time we ever really um, encountered church or God or, or religion or anything like that was when we'd go and visit those family members and they would take us Along to church, Um, and my my dad's brother actually is a born again Christian. And um, we would, whenever we would see him, he'd always say, come along to church, you know, and we'd go along and they were very happy, clappy. And, you know, we used to think, you know, my uncle's rather strange, you know, but um, now I understand obviously all about it. But yeah, we didn't have any real concept of of faith in our family um, other than, you know, believing, oh, that there's a God and, you know, but it's this big God and it involves everything, and it, it was looking, I guess, more a universal thing. So I always had a sense, I think, that God existed, but I just didn't know who he was or, um, or Jesus, you know. So I didn't have a faith growing up, but I think planted in me, there was always a pull and a draw towards Jesus, um, because it, he, he created each one of us, right? And I think that's a major part of my journey and as i grew up i um I had the normal struggles as a teenager and there was a few things that sort of happened over those years that were difficult um, but what it did drive me to do was to just be successful, to work hard, to um, do all the things that the world says will complete your life you know, so I spent a lot of my time going, well I've got to hit these markers and if I hit these markers then um, I will be happy and I will have made it and I will find my purpose and reason for living and so, you know, I did, I did well at school and I went off to university and um, I did well at university and, we, you know, um, my husband, who, who's my boyfriend at the time, Mike and I, we bought our own house and, you know, we had our cars and I applied for this position in London and I beat 3,000 people to one of five positions in this graduate management traineeship, most really thought-after traineeship down in London. I went down there, it was a very exciting time. But there was always just this nag in me that, you know, there's something more that, that it just wasn't fulfilling me. And I I was so confused because I was like, you know, I've, I've finally made it in this world standards. I've made it. I've, I've done all the things that I'm meant to do. I'm on a, on a track of having a profitable and rich life and an exciting life. But I was just so empty and I was so, um, I was sad, you know, and I put on a real front in front of people like that life was good and life was great. But actually, deep down, I, I was really struggling. And I, I phoned up Mike one day when I was, working in, I was working in Sheffield at this point, and I phoned him up and he was living in our apartment in Aberdeen. And I said, you know, Michael, there's got to be more to life than this. You know, I, I think we just need to sell all our stuff. We need to get rid of everything that we have and we need to go find out what that is. You know, we've got to go find our purpose. And Mike, he's always one for an adventure and he, he said yes, thankfully. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, it was, a, it was actually a miracle. We managed to sell our apartment within a week for three times the amount we bought it for. And that just paid and made a way for us to go on this adventure. And we look back now and we realize that God really had his hand on that and he was drawing us and pulling us over to Australia. And we left the UK and we, We started our travels, and as we went around on our travels, we went to India and Southeast Asia, and we were traveling through those countries for about five months, and everywhere we went, we just encountered God along the way and um, had people speaking into our lives about Jesus. We ended up in Cambodia, and um, Mike's sister, who's a Christian, she'd organized for us to go and help out in an orphanage there, and we were excited to go and help you know we thought this is great we're going to be helping these beautiful children but little did we realize that they were actually really going to help us and we went to this orphanage and I'd I'd, um God had put a book in my hand now I look back and put a book in my hand about the, the atrocities that had actually happened in the Pol Pot regime in Cambodia so I knew very well where this country had come from what it had gone through and the, the trauma that this country had experienced and when we arrived in Cambodia we were picked up by this guy called Randy and a, and a local guy called Rin and they were part of a mission in Cambodia um, Um, helping out at this orphanage and they picked us up and they took us to this cafe and they started sharing their testimony you know they started sharing the testimony of Jesus and I remember sitting there at the time and I was so overwhelmed. I just wanted to cry. I'm like, why am I so tearful? I don't <laughs> understand what's happening. Oh, my goodness. But I knew what they were saying was true. And I remember Mike getting up to go to the toilet and I gripped his hand. I was like, don't you move. I, I'm So I don't know what's happening to me right now. But something that the, I cannot believe, the life that these guys have come from, to where they are now and and, you know Rin was sharing about his how his dad was a gambler and how um, he was on the streets for many years and how Jesus had transformed his life and I just was I was shocked and amazed at the joy that was in this person and that was our time in Cambodia we just we, we spent time in this Christian orphanage. And again, knowing that these children had been coming out of human trafficking where orphans had been abused and these little children were there and they all, all knew about Jesus and they were all just loving on us. And I'd, I'd had troubles when I was younger, but nothing compared to what these kids had had. But these children... Just they loved on us and they had such a joy in them. And every day for two weeks, we'd be going to this orphanage and spending time with them. And we were trying to help them, but they were helping us. They were showing us the truth. They were leading us to the truth. And on the last day at the orphanage, um, Rin said, come on, guys, we're going to pray for this lovely couple. And no one has ever prayed for us before. And we had 40 children, stand around and reach out their arms and just pray a blessing on us. And we couldn't believe it. And, and as we left, all the kids were running after us and they were giving us whatever they had. They were giving us um, photos of themselves and little cranes that they had made. And one of them actually gave me her pet cricket. Oh. <laughs> and it was just like, we were, we were like, how is this possible? They have nothing, yet they want to give everything, you know. And we left and we sat in a restaurant afterwards and I couldn't speak and Mike couldn't speak for about an hour. We just sat there just processing what is going on? What is going on? And God was just moving in our heart. And it was at that point, I just looked at Michael and I said, Mike, I believe there's a God and I believe it's this Christian God they've been telling us. And Mike turned around and looked at me and he said, you know what, Rachel, I believe that too. And it was at that point we realized that Jesus was real, that he existed and that we needed to get to know him. And after we left Cambodia, we traveled a little bit more and, and God kept, you know, we, I went and picked up a Bible from one of these like travelers shops, you know, and started to try and read it. Cause I knew that there was truth in there and we ended up coming over to Australia and, um, I jumped online, and when I was living in London, one of the girls I was living with actually told me about the Alpha Course. And she wasn't a Christian, but she had heard about the Alpha Course, and she thought it'd be really good to go along. And she's like, you know, if there's a God, we should really know who He is, you know. And I was I, so I was open to that, and I, I, so I knew about the Alpha Course. So I thought, right, if we need to know about Jesus, we need to get to this Alpha Course. So I um, jumped online and I Googled in Brisbane, you know, um, churches in Brisbane and the the top five churches I emailed and said, do you run an alpha course? And three of them um, got back to me and actually said to go to New Hope Brisbane. So that Sunday, I went to I went to New Hope Brisbane, and I, I said to Mike, "Mike, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to check it out, make sure it's not weird, you know. I'm going <laughs> to go and find it." And I remember driving up and down. I was trying to find the Roundhouse Theatre. I've never been in Brisbane, you know. I didn't know where I was meant to go. And um, I was like, "God, you know, if you're real and you want me to to know you, you're going to have to get me to this church." And um, after I prayed, that I found it amazingly, you know. <laughs> and I, I walked in. And I was like, "This isn't church, this isn't what I know you know in the u k it's all these old Anglican buildings, and they're beautiful but and that's what I grew up knowing. But as I walked in i I saw this awesome uh, worship team you know worshiping at the front, and all these people with their hands lifted up and i I stood there and I was like, Okay, so this is what we do. We sing these words, and we we um." Yeah, we join in. So I start singing the words, the words of God... And as I start singing the words of God, I start crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> why, why why am I crying? And I'd run to the bathroom and I'd like wash my face because I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my goodness, everyone's gonna think I'm crazy, you know? And then I'd go back out and I'd start singing again and I'd just start welling up and crying because God's word was ministering to me and I knew, my spirit within me knew it was true. And I'd run back to the bathroom and clean my face and come and sit down. And anyway, on that day, the pastor shared the message. And when they were sharing the message, I just knew it to be true. And they said, you know, when you're, um, you know, do do you want to know Jesus? They gave the article, and I I put my hand up and I was like, yes, I want to know Him. You know, and I'm crying again. I'm crying again. Yeah, I want to know Him. And um, the pastor said, come and see me at the end and we can talk to you about your new faith. Now, I thought he meant at the very, very end of the service, you know, after everyone had left. So I I waited until we were all in the coffee area after the church to go and approach the (laughs) pastor. And I walked up to him and said, hello. And the pastor turned around to me and said, hello, how are you? Um, How can I help you? And I looked at him and I said, oh, you said to come and see you, um, see you after the the, the service, you know? And he looked at me and said, oh, okay. And I just burst into tears, turned on my heel, ran out the church, ran up the road, (sighs) sat in the car and cried my eyes out. (laughs) I was so embarrassed. And I thought, what? I thought I was going crazy. I was like, what is going on with me? But something that the pastor said that day was that don't let your pride get in the way of you knowing Jesus. Mm and that that spoken that spoke so much to me, because I knew that behind all these tears and behind me running out and all and all this shame was pride stopping me from fully going forward with God, you know, and I just decided then and there, I'm coming back, I'm going to stay, I'm going to find out about Jesus, you know, and next week I'm bringing Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, I went home, I'm like, honey, you got to come with me. I keep running out of the church and crying. So he, he, you know, he came with me and that was us, that was us in New Hope Church and it just, it became our home, you know, and, and everyone just loved on us and week after week, you know, the messages that were shared just, cultivated the faith in our hearts and we just knew because we knew because we knew it was true because god's spirit came in and he he brought such healing we were healed we were set free we learned how to forgive you know and i've never been the same and i'd never want to go back ever (laughs) to what it was like before i just i knew that i was home that i was in the kingdom of god and Um, this was the only way for us, you know, and then we've lived our lives like that now. We don't have a plan B, we don't have a plan C, we only have a plan G, which is plan God. and we're going to follow him the whole way, so yeah.
0: Well, it's a great story, you know. I know that uh, in those times, you know, you went through the Alpha course and then you actually Mm. helped up running the Alpha course. You you guys, of course, uh, got married in the church. You've had a couple of kids in the church. You're now on staff as worship pastors. And, you know, it's a great transformation story of how, uh, you know, you've got a hold of the call of God and and now you're giving it all to Him. Uh, It's Mm. a great story, Rach. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email. Info at historymakersradio.com God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater and why don't you go and make history? History Makers History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, Scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.